delivered out last year, the U.S. Postal Service delivered an estimated 19 billion cards, letters, and packages between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, Michael and Chrissy, you guys deserve to be tired this time of year. 19 billion. With little attention given to last year's struggling economy, last December, the nation's department stores reported sales of $28.2 billion. That's 14% of overall sales for that year. An additional $24 billion was spent via electronic shopping and mail order houses last year. In the United States, Christmas trees last year, Christmas tree farmers reported $410 billion in sales last year. The value of U.S. toy imports from China between just January and August of this year totaled $4.3 billion. So now this year, the economists, the strategic people are trying to decide what kind of Christmas we're having based on the bottom line. Is that how we rate Christmas in our world? I don't know if you've seen one of these things. An upside down Christmas tree. Have you seen these? I thought it was kind of a new trend, but it's been around for a while. In fact, even after reading the article, I did not believe it until I was over in the New Albany area and went to a store called the Christmas Store. And sure enough, upside down Christmas trees, evidently they are selling for around $599.95. Those who manufacture these things, they say that they don't take up as much space as a traditional tree. In fact, some of them are actually attached to the ceiling and others have a stand that is just covered by some type of pretty, not a topper, a bottomer, I guess. And there we go. Evidently, Target is getting into the action of the upside down Christmas tree. They say it leaves more room on the ground for presents. Last year, in an article entitled Christmas Celebration Turned Ugly, in San Rafael, California, two men exchanged gifts. Neither one liked the gift that the other gave. Each man grabbed a flower pot and crashed it over the head of the other. They both went to the hospital. Merry Christmas. 20-year-old Brandy Nicole Nason was also not pleased with the gift she received from her mother-in-law. I can understand that. When her mother-in-law's house burned, Nason was arrested and accused of throwing a Maltikoff cocktail into the home and it burned to the ground a $200,000 damage. Merry Christmas. 
Although most people don't know what to do with their leftover tree, evidently there was a woman in British Columbia who had an idea. She was arrested for beating up a man with her old Christmas tree. I don't know what prompted the attack, but I wonder if these words were exchanged, Merry Christmas. And last but not least, when her Jensen Beach, Florida apartment complex held a Christmas decorating competition, Donna Sims was a winner briefly because her neighbors were so aggravated that she won that they ripped the decorations down off of her apartment. And I wonder if they said, Merry Christmas. Now my question is, do you think these people have a good handle on Christmas? You know, I thought it might be good to think this through, and I don't think that there are a lot of people who struggle with this concept. Listen to this. What is the Christmas story? Like the movie Christmas story? The Christmas story? Like like the movie or what 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 do you mean? Like what is the story behind Christmas? What's it all about? Presents. How come? I don't know, man. <laughs> What's the Christmas story? Movie? What is the story behind Christmas? That's a good question. The Christmas story? I don't know. It's about a guy named Scrooge who um, um, who lived in London, and the um, he had a worker called Bob Cratchit, and he was very mean to him. That's all I remember. Can we ask you a quick question for a video? You ready? Yeah. What is the Christmas story? The Christmas story is about. Uh, the salvation of mankind offered through Jesus Christ, who was born on Christmas Day. We have redemption through him. Read the Bible. Ask God for his mercy. That's a Christmas story. What is the Christmas story? Christmas story is a movie, cartoon. What's, what, do you, what do you think the story behind Christmas is? Um, day Jesus was born. Celebration of Christ. What are the details? Remember any of the details of that story? Of the Christmas story, the details. I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem in order to um, register for the tax census that they were having. And while they were there, Mary was due to deliver a child. They couldn't find any room in the inn, so... They this one guy led him in the shed, and then the three wise men followed him because Jesus was the star. They seen him up in the sky or whatever. There was a three wise men and uh, baby Jesus. And, um, yeah. Not a, uh, something was stirring, not even a mouse, and da-da-da-da. Christ was born in the manger to the Virgin Mary. Uh, that's all the details I can think of, to be honest with you. Oh, there were, like, animals around. And uh, three kings showed up, witnessed the birth of Christ, and acknowledged him as their king. What's, what's behind Christmas? What's it all about? Uh, it's Jesus' birthday. 
So what happened? What, what's the story with that? Well, he was born on Christmas. Anything else? I think there were some wise men involved. What is the Christmas story? Um, the Christmas story is about Kris Kringle walking around giving gifts. Walking around, flying around supposedly giving gifts to children. Any other details? Um, I think it was a religious, there was a religious undertone. Specifically, I don't know what. Alright, thanks a lot. Sure. Merry Christmas. You look vaguely familiar to me. I can't quite place it, but you look like somebody I know from my childhood. Have we met before? Saint Nick. Saint, that's it. He's, this, he's right here. Santa Claus. Look, I got this right up my tree now. How? Oh. It's real. He is real. Pretty ordinary people, wouldn't you say? I mean, intelligent, articulate. I wonder how many people don't really understand the Christmas story. I wonder if, if they really get it at all. My grandbabies understand it's Jesus' birthday, and they understand that I'm a coming. It starts somewhere, and some people just never really get it. You know, I wished you Jesus last week for Christmas. This week, I want to wish you Merry Christmas. It's not a typo. I want to wish you M-A-R-Y Christmas this year. I want to unpack that for you this morning. If you have your Bibles over in Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26, we find these words. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be called, or or you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you uh, are to give him the name Jesus. He will be uh, great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne to his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom, it will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child at her old age, and She who was said to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And and then the angel left her. Now we probably haven't read through those words for about a year, have we? Maybe not even a year, maybe we skipped through them even last year. But here are at least 
three things that I wish for you and your family this year when I wish you a Merry Christmas. The first thing is this. I wish you the favor of God. As the angel Gabriel approached Mary that day, he spoke these words in verse 28. Greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 30, don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. And you know, I would love to have favor with God, wouldn't you? I would not want to be out of his favor. So I wish maybe for you and your family and your marriage and your life that you might be favored by God this year. There was a man named Joseph that was probably in his late teens. He was probably not wealthy by the world's standards and he was a player in this whole scheme. The fact is, with God, there is no such thing as an insignificant person. The historians think that Mary was probably in her early teenage years when she had this encounter with an angel. 12, 13, maybe 14 years old. Anybody here have a 12 or 13 or 14 year old little girl at home? Can you imagine what this child was going through? Number one, she had an encounter with an angel. Anyone here ever have an encounter with an angel? Number two, she was told that she was going to be with child. And this child was going to be named Jesus and it was going to be the very son of God. And then reality struck because the Bible tells us that she was already pledged to be married to Joseph. This is a little unusual. Back in Bible times, kids were pledged at early ages one to the other. There was a bartering that went on and there was the exchange of money and gifts and animals. But once that pledge was made, it was basically as if they were engaged until they were to marry. I'm sure she was desperate. I'm sure she was confused. I'm sure she was lonely. I'm sure she was lacking in so many things. Probably to her, she was pretty insignificant, pretty obscure, pretty plain. And to hear that she had been blessed by God and that she was going to uh, be in his favor probably sounded great. But to hear that she was great with child or would be, probably not so much. Let's breathe a little life into this passage, could we? What do you think she told her mom and dad? Have you ever thought about that? Mama. Maybe she told mama first. Maybe she thought that would bring a little confirmation to the deal. Mama, I talked to an angel. Did you? Did you, sweetie? What did he say? She said, I'm pregnant. Going to have a child. It's going to be named Jesus, and he's going to be the son of God, and he will live forever. 
What do you think mama said? Seriously? What are we going to tell your dad? Somehow they communicated that. That wasn't the end of the story because if you know anything about this deal, in Matthew chapter 1, she has to tell Joseph what's going on. And Joseph really resisted the concept, didn't he? In fact, the Bible says he was going to put her away. He was going to divorce her. Because they were pledged to be married and now she is with child. That just doesn't make sense. Now I think Joseph still loved her because he wanted to divorce her to put her away quietly. He knew that her life could be taken. She could be stoned to death by her village if they knew that she was with child without a husband. But Joseph had made his decision. Even though he was a righteous man and loved her, he had decided to put her away, to put her aside. Until the Bible tells us in Matthew and Luke, he has an encounter with an angel. Can't you just see Mary telling Joseph, Hey, sweetie, here's, here, here's what happened. This angel, the Holy Spirit thing, and I'm, 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 I'm with child, and it's going to be called Jesus. I've already na- I already have a name, and it's, 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 going to be a, it's going to be okay. And I'm sure Joseph said, seriously? You expect me to buy all this? And then he has an encounter with an angel. Do you remember the deal? And I wonder what he did after that encounter. I'm willing to bet the ranch. I can't prove this in the text, but I'm willing to bet the ranch that he got up, he got out of bed, and he ran over to Mary's house, and he knocked on the door, and who do you think came to the door? Probably Mary's dad. He knew who he was. It was a small town. He wasn't buying the story. And Mary's... Eyes and Joseph's eyes met somehow. Maybe he was looking around, moms and dads and brothers and sisters. And maybe he said, I had an angel too. It's going to be okay, Mary. With God, no one is obscure, insignificant, and plain. He has a plan and a place for you. And if you are willing to surrender to him, he is willing, catch this, to bestow or to give his favor to you. If you put yourself in his care through trust and obedience and submission to him, he promises to show you favor. That means he promises to give you blessings. Isn't that what we want at Christmas? Blessings from from God, so wishing you a Merry Christmas this year, I'm wishing you the favor of God, the blessing of God on you and your family and your children. The second thing I hope by wishing you a Merry Christmas is I wish for you the nothing is impossible experience. And I'm sure Mary was a little bit taken back by all of this. She knew what it meant to be pregnant. She knew what it meant to be pregnant and not married. That's where it begins to get interesting. Verse 37, 
The angel, after Mary says, how in the world is this possible? The angel says in verse 37, nothing is impossible with God. I mean, do do you actually believe that here today? Nothing is impossible with God. Are we there? I want to hear you. Say it back to me. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. You see, once we begin to understand this book, once we begin to understand the way God works in and through us, it's obvious that there is nothing outside of his control. He reminded Mary of her relatives, Elizabeth and Zechariah, how they were of old age and not able to have children, but now they were getting ready to have a child and The Bible says, even though Elizabeth was well past childbearing age, she gave birth to a child named John, who was later known as John the Baptist. You see, nothing is impossible with God. Throughout the New Testament, Matthew 19, 26, the Bible says, with God, there are a few things possible. Is that what it says? No. The Bible says, with God, all things are possible, not just a few. Mark 9, 23, Jesus says, everything is possible for him who believes. Friday night, who was here Friday night? This place was slamming, wasn't it? I mean, there were people everywhere. I have never seen that kind of crowd. Parking lot was full, trying to get the train to go at the right time. Kids were every, it was an incredible thing. They came because of a story about a little boy who believed in something bigger than himself. I mean, if you haven't seen the Polar Express, you ought to get and watch it. The Bible tells us right here in this piece that everything is possible for him who believes. I had 10 minutes to speak Friday night. It was cut down to six. I probably got three in. Their attention span was this long. I wanted them to know that whenever they saw a bell or heard a bell, I wanted them to know that Jesus loved them. We also talked about lights, and Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We went out to light a tree and to take candles. I wanted them to know that whenever they saw decorations at Christmas time, these lights that we put up, it's because Jesus loves us. It's his birthday, it's his deal, but he came for us. The Bible tells us with God all things are possible. The Bible tells us everything is possible for him who believes. Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25. Jesus relayed the information through his friends. And the Bible tells us that Mary told uh, Joseph everything and it didn't go very well with Joseph. And then the Bible tells us in Luke 2 that Things began to come together for them after this angel experience. And then the Bible tells us in Luke 2, verses 1 through 7, that Mary decided to go with Joseph to Bethlehem when the taxes were going to be made. She did not have to go, but she went. It was an 80, 85-mile trip on the back of a donkey. I have at least two friends in this room here today that are great with children. Due dates are out there, correct? Correct. One closer to doing and one further away. Jess, would you like to go 80, 85 miles on the back of a donkey? Thank you, pass. Katie, you're not quite as far along. 
80, 85 miles on the back of a donkey, would you do it? Probably not. Why did she go? She didn't have to go. Why in the world did this kid get on that donkey and ride? You know, maybe she was tired of people talking about her. There's the little girl that had an angel. You know, she's pregnant. Going to be the son of God. Yeah. Maybe she's tired of people looking at her and talking about her. Maybe it was just young love. Anybody here do something goofy when you were in love? I mean, seriously. Sometimes when we're in love, we do some pretty strange things, don't we? Maybe she just wanted to go with Joseph because she loved him on the back of a donkey for 85 miles. And you know the story. No room in the inn. How about the barn? And then she finally said to Joseph, Joseph, I think it's time. And Joseph said, Nuh-uh. 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 And there were two teenagers by themselves in the dark, alone, out of their element. And that's the night that Jesus came into this world. Impossible? Not with God. With God, all things are possible. Are you with me? With God, what? All things are possible. I mean, that's what the Bible teaches us and that's what we want to share. I wish for you and yours this Christmas the nothing is impossible experience and I hope and pray that you will see God working in your life in miraculous ways. Wouldn't that be a great gift to unwrap at Christmas? When describing this experience for Mary, the angel used a phrase I really like, verse 35, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. We talked about this valley of the shadow a few weeks ago. The pa- My God is big. He has a big shadow. And we are told that our God would overshadow her. Figuratively speaking, our God is big and he casts a great shadow. The closer we are to him, the more he overshadows us with love and care and protection. I wish for you the favor of God this Christmas. I wish for you the nothing is impossible experience. And one more thing, by wishing you a Merry Christmas, I wish for you total submission to God's will this year. After all, she had experience. Did you catch how Mary responded to this concept in verse 38? She said, and I quote, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have told me. In other words, I hear what you're saying, I get it, I don't understand it, but I'm in. If this is God's plan, I'm in. Could you make that promise with me this year? This Christmas, you're all in. You're doing things the right way. You're not hooked up with these people here who don't get it. You're doing things the way God would have you do them. She was not married, she was with child. Joseph was ready to drop her like a hot potato. She knew that God had found favor with her. He was going to treat her in a special way. He was going to provide through her the salvation for a lost world. And she knew it would come at a price. And she said, I'm in. What you have said, let it be. You see, without complete surrender to God, there can be no relationship with the Son. 
no connection to the Father. There is nothing to celebrate. There is no hope. Did you get that? It's an attitude of surrender to God that makes possible the experience of his favor. It's an attitude of surrender to God that makes it possible to experience his miraculous power. Nothing is impossible with him. Nothing is possible without him. I wish for you Jesus this year, and I wish for you a Merry Christmas. But it's all about hope. Listen to these words. A people living in darkness living in the land of the shadow of death. Is this you? Where is God in the silence? Where is God in the darkness? Could it be that your pain, your grief, all the world's suffering, all the world's darkness is the genesis of new life? For out of the darkness, when there was only emptiness, God spoke forth light. From within the darkness of the earth, toiling up from beneath the soil, God brought forth life. After that dark and stormy flood, adrift for forty nights, from the hand of God came a promise. After the darkness of the wilderness, years wandering lost, trying to hold on to faith, He gave a promised land. From the darkness of a mother's womb, all the questions, all the expectation, God formed a child. And from the darkness of that silent night, when it seemed the voice of God was unheard, when it seemed the hand of God was unseen, that silence was broken by the cries of a baby, a son a savior. God wastes nothing, not even our darkness. For we know that for those who love God, even in our times of darkness, God is working for our good. So today, in the midst of whatever darkness you feel, know this, today a light has dawned. Hope is not lost. Hope is never lost. Today, hope is born.